He willingly gave his life that you and I live in every provision that the holy written word of God says belongs to us. I tell you, I'm stirred up in my spirit about prayer. I don't know if you are, but there is something different about this subject of prayer producing power than it has been heretofore when I have ministered on the subject of prayer. And I've ministered in many, many, many countries on this subject. But there is a stirring in my spirit of the Holy Ghost taking hold together with us as never before. Amen. How many of you sense that as well? Praise God. Well, let's begin with our golden text. Tell me again, what is the subject under discussion that the Holy Ghost has led us to teach on in this season at this time? One more time and everyone. Prayer produces power. Amen. And as Pastor Philip just ministered, it's prayer in the name of Jesus that gets the results. Amen. So the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, says this in reference to faith in the power of God. The Apostle Paul in his writing says, And I, brethren, when I, Paul, came to you, and this should be our prayer as well, when we come to you, we come not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, but we come declaring unto you the testimony of God. In verse 2, For we should not determine to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We were with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And our speech and our preaching should not be with enticing words of man's wisdom. Well, if it should not be, what? Our teaching, our preaching. If it should not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, then how should our teaching, our preaching be? tells us right here in the same verse. In demonstration, demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And then in verse 5, he tells us why. That our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The word demonstration from Webster's 1828 dictionary defines demonstration as an act of of exhibiting certain proof as an act, look at this, as an act of exhibiting certain proof beyond a possibility of doubt. That's our God. That's a demonstration of the power of God. An act that is certainly proof beyond a possibility of doubt. He goes on to say the highest degree of evidence. People want evidence that there is a God. And the evidence truly is all around us. What they're really looking for, what they really need is a renewing of their mind. They need another dip in the fountain filled with Emmanuel's blood. 
Amen. But demonstration, the highest degree of evidence or such proof that establishes a fact or a proposition. That is the demonstration of the Spirit. And then our scripture reading is from James chapter 5, verse 16. Prayer produces power. I love this passage. The earnest, what is earnest? Eager to obtain. So the eager to obtain, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or woman, tremendous, makes tremendous, tremendous. Certain individuals have um, words that they use often. I think we need to think about the word tremendous from God's view. Extraordinarily great in amount, intensity, or in size. That's the power of God that the body of Christ and the world needs to have a witness to. So the earnest, eager to obtain, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man and woman makes extraordinary, great in amount, intensity, or in size, power. That's pretty powerful. Not many of us have witnessed that kind of tremendous power. But church, I'm telling you, it is available. It should be an everyday occurrence in the life of a believer. I'll say that again. It should be an everyday occurrence in the life of a, of a believer. So what does this tremendous power do? It is available or dynamic in its working. What do you think of when you think of the word dynamic? Energetic, vigorously active, and forceful. The power of God should be active and forceful in our physical bodies that God created and paid for by sending his son and his son, our Savior and Lord, was willing to give his life. He said, no man takes it. He willingly gave his life that you and I live in every provision that the holy written word of God says belongs to us. And if you want to know what really belongs to us, go back to the garden before the fall. God said in his holy written word, Adam and Eve were created perfect in his image and his likeness. Can you imagine our father God having any sickness or disease? No, no. But because of the fall, God had an awesome plan and Jesus was willing to consummate, fulfill the plan of God to reinstate you and I and all ages, all of humanity on the earth. Some choose to accept, acknowledge, and believe that plan. Some choose not to. I, for one, choose to believe the word of God, that it is forever settled and he need not do anything else except he's honor bound to his word. Think of this church. He's not honor bound to a doctor's word. 
unless that doctor is a believer declaring in decree in his life what the word says about him. This holy written word God is honor bound to. This is what he will watch over to perform when spoken in faith out of the heart with the mouth of a believer in faith. Do you really trust this? If we had to, whatever we needed to do to hold fast to this holy written word, we need to do that. Let this be the deciding factor in your life. Every phase, every facet, every day of your life. Let this be the stabilizer. Amen? I trust you're listening well. Okay? So, prayer simply is this. Prayer is uh, to address God, our Heavenly Father, Abba Father. Prayer is, and it doesn't have to be a religious tone. It doesn't have to be a scream. It can be a whisper. He resides within us. Prayer is to address God, number one. We should address him with adoration. Number two, with confession. We address God with supplication. We address God with thanksgiving. Or we simply can address God with a humble request in an humble manner. Amen. Additional supporting scriptures. What is the subject under discussion? Come on, let's do better than that. One, two, three. Subject under discussion is. Do you believe that? Prayer produces power. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 14, the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Ghost, says, For if, for if, 1,522 ifs are in the Bible. If is a word, if you research it, that is conditional. In other words, if we do something... God's already done his part. Did he, did, by this point in 1 Corinthians, had God given Jesus? Did Jesus fulfill God's plan? Now, Paul is reminding us what some things that Jesus said. In fact, in the Gospel of John, it says, If you abide in me. I think it's John 15, 7, maybe check me on that. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Are they helping me out up there? John, believe it's somebody got it right quick. John 15. John 15, 7. So the Holy Ghost was right. Amen. If ye, or we can say, if you abide in God. If the word of God abides in us, then us shall ask what we will, and it shall be done. Question to you. Can you ask anything? Can you go ask for somebody else's car? Can you ask for somebody else's home? Can you ask for somebody else's child? Husband, spouse, wife? 
No. It must align with the Word of God. Now, you wouldn't think that any minister of the gospel would ever have to ask such ridiculous questions. But believe me, they're out there when the mind's not renewed, amen, with the full counsel of the Word of God, people get a hold of a, not a principle, (laughs) they get a hold of something that they do not give full study for the Holy Spirit to enlighten them. That's why we're told in 2 Timothy 2.15, study. Study to show ourselves approved, really unto ourselves, first of all. But it needs to line up with the Word. Rightly dividing the Word of truth. The Word of faith took a nasty hit because they were those that were unlearned. And they started using the principle of believe with your heart and say with your mouth. Believe me, no one knows that greater than your pastors. When someone thinks that they can take a passage out of the word of God and use it against anyone for that matter. Amen. So Paul is saying, for if I pray. So we have something to do, right, church? We have a responsibility, right? We should be accountable for our life, right? We should be accountable for our actions, right? We're accountable for the affairs in our life, right? We don't have the right. In fact, it's devilish. And it is the character and nature of Satan when one is jealous of another's lot in life. Come on. It's the spirit of light or spirit of darkness. And when we have the nature and the love of God, the word says the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. The love of God. The love of God. Maybe, uh, and I'm not one, you know, I don't like to get into uh, what what's on the news, <laughs> what's advocated by the news or through uh, the media, through social media. I'm not one to give a lot of attention to it. But I couldn't help but notice, could not help but notice, why would any individual, now I'm going to tell you the answer and you should already know it, wish that someone would die. That tells you who they serve. That tells you who their God is. It doesn't matter what kind of political position or position of faith that one has. It does not give another the right to have that ungodly thought with anyone. Jesus was such a perfect example to us. I dare say, if we spent hour upon hour upon hour studying just the Gospels to see his character, his nature, his life, his walk, his being, his interaction with humanity, his conversations that are recorded 
with the disciples. Oh, did he get angry? Sure he did. We have that in the word of God. To the point that he had something in his hand to drive them out of the temple with. But think about why. What was the purpose of that? He was true to the Father's plan. And you and I should be true to the Father's plan. Amen. Amen. 